0: No, 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 no! You're not crazy. The only thing, uh, only additive I would put into that is to is this understanding that the physical realm was created from the spiritual realm, but the physical realm is subservient to the spiritual realm. It's not from the spiritual realm. So this physical plane is of the spirit, but it's. Uh, it's from the spirit, but it's not of the spirit. It's its own plane. So see, when God created the physical realm, he created it as its own plane of existence. And this physical plane is under the subjugation of the spiritual plane. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Because from the spiritual plane came the physical plane. Right. So it was from the, it's from there, but it's not of there. See, you are the only being in this plane that is from or of both spots. That's what gives you the ability to bend the spoon.
1: Yeah.
0: Because you're actually, you're from or of the higher plane. It, it, again, another Brother Hagin story with this. Is this okay tonight? Yes, yeah. he is, I love it. Is so, Brother Hagin, huh? I'm recording now, so we'll, so... <laughs> If, if you know any of you that may or may not know Brother Hagen's story, it, it's where his testimony is important. So Brother Hagen was had a born premature had all kinds of problems and by the time he was 16 years old he had three incurable diseases right? He had like a heart disease, a blood disease and something else any one of which the doctors told him if you just had one of them one would kill you but you got three of them so it's kind of like you were destined to die. Uh And they actually told him, you know, you probably are going to die about the time you're 16, 17 years old. Well, anyway, he's bedridden, and about 16, 17 years old is when he understands what Jesus did for him, and he receives this healing, and he's healed, and he stands up, and he goes into preaching, because he kind of made one of those deals where he said, God, if you'll heal me, I'll preach. And so now God didn't heal him so he could preach. He found out what Jesus already did. (laughs) <laughs> and so, but anyway, so Brother Hagin gets up. He's, he's healed. He's, you know, his, his granddad said of him when he walked in the kitchen that day, Lazarus lives, right? And they went on. But years later, when he's a younger man in his 20s, he's hanging out with other young people he was pastoring at the time. And they were at some, like, state fair or, or city fair in Texas somewhere. And they were there walking down the midway. And you know there's always the palm reader That's at the state fair yeah. Yeah. And so there was a palm reader there And one of his buddies said Well Ken you should go get your palm read And he says well okay You know now And normally he would stop in there And he would Because every other people would be like Brother Hagin had his palm read You know and opened himself up to the devil I mean and he would have a little fun with everybody But anyway so he goes and he gets his palm read And he said the palm reader was looking at his palm And all of a sudden she gets this Startled expression on her face And Brother Hagin said, well, what'd you see? And she goes, well, I don't understand it, but according to this line right here, you should have died when you were 16 years old. And he says, oh, that's easy. I just overrode a natural law with a spiritual law.
1: Uh,
0: But listen to me, that's what we're talking. See, we override natural laws with spiritual laws. Right. Because see, the natural plane is subservient to the spiritual plane. But many times, especially in modern Christianity, we don't believe that. Right. We believe that the natural plane rules. Right. That the natural plane is higher and we're trying to get the weaker spiritual plane to meet with the higher natural plane. And that's why many times we're not seeing what we're wanting to see is
1: right.
0: we actually don't believe accurately that that this temporary and that's what the scriptures call this plane, this life here is temporary.
1: Right.
0: It was brought from a place that is eternal. Does that help everybody? Yeah. yeah. Explain this way. So no. I, the way I sure. Sure. I was struggling there for just a yeah. second to think the difference between of and from. If you make a table, yeah, everything like, that table is from you. Yeah. Now, that table is going to show maybe earmarks of you, a a trait or something of you, because you created that table. That table is not from you. That table is of you. Yes. Your child is from you because your child physically has your DNA in him. That's exactly right. That would be that difference. So so that's how the the earth, the physical Nath, is from the spirit. Absolutely. We are both from and of. Yes. Because he created us, but we also have his DNA. Well, we're, and so, and as we're coming back then again to the, what I was saying, because what can happen is, is we can, we can have a leaky soul. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah.
0: We can have a, our spirit is not leaky. It's sealed. Right. So your soul though, depending on where you have set your predominant thoughts, where you have set your predominant emotions where you have set your predominant appetites will govern the state of your soul and many times what happens in in church world is we have soul ruled believers instead of spirit ruled believers and that's why it takes a little bit to prime the pump to get people into the spirit.
1: Because they're
0: not thinking well, they're ruled of their soul. Right? They're ruled by, again, they're ruled by their thoughts. They're ruled by their feelings. They're ruled by the circumstance. They're ruled by this plane. Right? So i say that again back to this. So in First Corinthians, and, and I'll share this and then we'll hit pause and see if anybody... Uh, has a question or a comment, and we'll continue along this line. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So, again, very, uh, very probably familiar first few verses. You know, it says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts but especially that you would prophesy. So again, there's that one verse. The highest thing that we are to pursue. We got two things that we pursue, and here is their hierarchy. Number one, we pursue God's love for us and for others. I like what the Amplified Bible says it like this. We make God's love for us our highest quest in life. Amen. The highest quest of our life is to understand, walk in, experience His love for us and His love for others. Amen. Does that make sense? And we are to greatly desire. And it's interesting, that word desire there, it's, it's the same word that talks about being zealous, to burn with desire, to pursue ardently. To desire, to desire eagerly and intensely, it's more often associated with the negative feelings of envy and jealousy. But it's the same word. So again, I don't know if you've ever been. And no, no this is not a raising of hands. We're not doing an altar call or nothing. But has anybody ever has, has anybody ever actually been envious or jealous of someone or something somebody has? Yeah. You've looked at something and you're like going, well, that gummit, I really want one of those. And you have that real jealousy that is a burning, almost consuming type of an emotion, right? You know, you look at that person, for me, you look at that person's boat. Or you look at that person's, you know, hunting club. Or you look at that person's whatever and you're like going, ah, I really want one of those, right? Well, that's the same word, but in the positive about we are to desire prophecy right now i'm going to give you again brother hagen taught us this and it's been the best i've heard so far we can define prophecy as this prophecy doesn't necessarily mean being able to predict the future or to see things that are coming or to uh see people and know their business the the baseline definition of prophecy is this prophecy is simply a divine utterance in a known language. Yeah. Does that make sense? Just speaking his will. Yeah, speaking his will. You, 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 you desire to hear Father's voice, to hear what he is saying about a person, a situation, a circumstance, whatever. And you are hearing from God, and you are giving it utterance in a known language, known to you. You understand what you're saying. Does that make sense? And here, Paul says, you are to desire that same jealous. You are to be jealous in a positive way for prophecy. Right? Now, let's keep reading. It says in verse 2, and it sounds like he's changing subjects but he's not for he that speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but he speaks to god for no one understands him however in the spirit he speaks forth mysteries now there he's talking about speaking in tongues so i'm going to give you another definition if you're taking notes tongues is simply a divine utterance in an unknown language right. So do you, do you see this in this, using this as a definition, prophecy is just a divine utterance in a known language. Tongues is simply a divine utterance in an unknown language. That's why they're the same. That's why here in this same chapter, Paul says, if you speak in a tongue and you interpret, it's the same thing as prophecy.
1: It changes so many.
0: Well, it can change so many things, but what it does is it's the practice that seals your soul. I have a question. Uh Uh-huh. What if someone says, what if you get
1: it wrong? What if you get what wrong? If you prophesy
0: for someone and you get it wrong, someone
1: says you shouldn't get it
0: wrong. No, no, no. I I know what you're talking about from the Facebook post uh, and stuff, so we'll talk... Well, we'll talk about that. Okay, so let's talk about it again. Prophecy, A, we are to desire to prophesy. So that starts the conversation. God in his word says, desire prophecy. So God, number one, would never tell us to desire something that we could totally screw up. Does that make
1: sense?
0: Okay, so because God... Yeah, well, because God tells us to desire prophecy, God would never tell us to desire something that totally depended on me getting it right all the time and I can't mess this up. Otherwise, in, a, in many sense, that would be unfair from God's side. Yeah, Where if God said, well, hey, listen, Kurt, I really want you to desire this, but buddy, you can't make a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> right? You see what I'm saying? Well, you'd be like, well, well oh my goodness. back on. Right? I mean, you know. Is
1: that I, anywhere in scripture what
0: you're saying? Like where is that? And what, which part about what I just said? What, what you just
1: said. Like well, and just,
0: okay, so this is, so let's back up and let's start then again. Where it's not, the principle is in scripture. Okay. But, uh, but let me tell you this. So the Bible says in 2 Timothy, I believe it is chapter 3. And let me, let me just go there and I'll, I'll read that to you. And thank you for the question. That's a great question. 2nd Timothy, I think it's chapter 2. Where's the verse that talks about an all scripture was given
1: 3:16
0: of 2nd Timothy? Okay, thank you very much. Okay, here it is. 2nd Timothy 3:16. It says as an example to what we're saying So, all scripture, it says, how much of the scripture? All. So, does that include the verse we just read in 1 Corinthians 14? Yes. So, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Now, that word inspiration there is one of my favorites. It literally means from God's breath. All scripture is breathed from God. Right? So, all scripture has that same breath in it that he breathed into mankind from the beginning mm-hmm. that's why we can resonate with scripture because scripture is from us scripture is from the same material that breathed god breathed into adam his breath and here paul says all scripture comes from god's breath that's why we can resonate with scripture that's why it's alive but that's why humans no matter who we are saved or unsaved that's why scripture makes unsaved people uncomfortable yeah, because it's resonating with them on the inside right. and, and they don't understand why it's resonating with them. But they just know it's resonating with them, but they just don't know. Oh, well, that's because it's from the same breath that gave me my spirit is this word coming right. so that my spirit can commune with the word of God. Does that yes. I know that's a whole other subject for a whole nother day. But that's why we know that we can understand Scripture, we can interpret Scripture with us in the Bible and the Holy Spirit, because Scripture and Us were from the same place. Does that make sense? And that's a freebie for you, Miss Lynette, as we cover yes. in a couple of Sundays. And so
1: while you're saying that, I want mm-hmm. to ask this question. I have people that are telling like we talked before about the different ministry gifts. Yeah. But There are people that almost think the scripture can be added to than what
0: you've got in your lap. Yeah. Now, I can add to scripture. Let me say it like this. I can add words to this and try to get it to be scripture. Yes. But it will never be. That's why why the scripture warns us, don't add anything to this nor take anything away. Yes. Right? So now I can bring my opinion to it. Right. And I can try to sell it to people as scripture. And right. that doesn't make it scripture. That's what, it just makes it dangerous. Yeah. Or does that make sense? It makes it deadly to the hearer. That's why for all of us, and that's why I appreciate your question, Kurt. That's why all of us should ask, okay, well, wh- where does that come from in the Bible? Yeah. Yeah. Where does that thought and concept come from? Can you prove it out in scripture? Can you right. bring me scripture on it? Yeah. Right. Because we should be able to. Yeah. Right. yeah. Does that make sense? But but back to what it is. So it says all scripture is breathed by God. Now notice this. And all scripture is profitable. So say profitable, profitable. For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness that the man of God or the woman of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. So see, all scripture, so I say to you, how do I know what I said was there is just that one verse as an example. All scripture came from inspiration of God. So 1 Corinthians 14 came from God. 1 Corinthians 14 is given to me as an instruction for doctrine, and doctrine just means teaching. It's to teach me, it's to reprove me, it's to correct me, it's to equip me for righteousness. So when I read 1 Corinthians 14 and it says, oh, God says I should desire prophecy.
1: Yeah.
0: Then therefore, prophecy should be something I desire. It's I should want to desire it. It means I can desire it. It means it's good for me to desire it. It means it's good. And that word desire isn't, and to answer kind of some of Tabitha's thing, and desire doesn't mean they look at it and go, "Oh, I hope it happens by somebody that's really, really accurate." Yeah. Right? Does that make? It? Oh, I hope that, I hope God uses the most. Kevin. He's always right in what he says and everything. And so I hope yeah. Kevin gives because I'm going to desire no, 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 it says, "I should desire to prophesy." Yeah. It does not say, and worry if you get it right. <laughs> Does't say that, or wrong.
1: And is that
0: speaking to everyone? Every believer. It's not, just not just pastors, not just prophets. It's it's to everybody. Because otherwise, we if it was just speaking to a gifted prophet, then there should be a prophet or a person that has the gift of love. Because in that same verse, he says, pursue love. And this is where, again, if I sat there and said, should we all pursue God's love? We would all say, yes. And in the same verse, he says, Should we all desire to prophesy?
1: Yes. yes. And
0: most people go, uh, 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 uh. Well, in the same verse, he says, Pursue love and prophecy. So if I can pursue the love of God, and that's right to do, then pursuing prophecy is also right. Well, I think to the do.
1: word pursue very correct there, because just because you pursue something doesn't mean you're always going to get it correct, even in love. Yeah, absolutely. Even in, uh, prophecy, even in anything. So I think
0: that's very good that they use yeah. that specific word pursue. Absolutely, and, and nowhere in here again, and nowhere in here that I have found yet that God say, again, you and you better get it right. Yes.
1: I've been thinking about this and meditating on yeah. it. Yeah. In the perfect will of God. Yeah. Sometimes those groups have this. From experience, when these words are given out, you're trying to get to a place. And this word is helping you get there. Yes. So you know, they're saying, you're
0: going to get that house. You know? Yeah. I'm just in the general area yeah. where this subject was.
1: Anyway, but that getting there to the will of God is a magic. It's like a carrot. We are in the perfect will of God. That's right. So it's one thing I think about that gives me peace when I do prophesy to someone. Because I'm like, hey, they're they're in the perfect way. Like you said, you're just trying to help them get to the next step. Absolutely. And then the second thing is, I, I keep thinking on the sermon where you talked about Peter, when he put his fishnet over. Yeah. But he did it like, disobedient.
0: Yeah, he was he was half-hearted. In and it. half-hearted, That's right. and he was so blessed.
1: I don't know why I keep thinking on that, but I think yeah. the effort, of even trying, yeah, there's blessing in it. That's right. It's not all about yeah.
0: perfectness. Of it. Yeah, not at all. Well, and then what she's talking about in in Luke chapter five, famously, Jesus gets in Peter's boat, he preaches, and says, "Launch out into the deep." And if you look at it, Jesus then turns to Peter in it, and I've studied it. This one I have studied extensively, so this one I'm I'm very confident I'm spot on. Jesus says, Peter, let down your nets, plural. And and you look in the Greek language, it is a plural word. Peter responds, I'll let down the net, singular. He does not let down his nets, plural. So I always, when I teach on that, I say, so he half-heartedly obeyed. He didn't want to be totally disrespectful. And so in my imagination, like, cause I'm a fisherman, he had a spare net, the old one, the old one <laughs> that he didn't, that he didn't care. Cause remember he says, I cleaned all the new ones. I don't want to mess them up again, but I got this old one up under the seat and I don't care what happens to it. So I'll let down this radio net and we'll go with that. And, and again, and, but the principle is this. Peter's half-hearted obedience did not change the blessing determined by Jesus. Good. Yeah, I love it. Jesus determined right. he was going to bless Peter. Jesus was giving Peter the best advice he could. Hey, you're going to need every net you got for what's coming. And Peter said, nah. if "It was up to us to be
1: do things right. We should grow constantly, constantly, all
0: the time, all the time. We'd never get it. that's exactly never get right." Anything. That's exactly right. <laughs> and so that's why, again, so, so with this, and, and coming to what Tabitha was saying too, many times, here's the thing. God is so much bigger than our honest mistakes.
1: Yeah.
0: He's actually so much bigger than our dishonest mistakes. There's those two. But again, for all of us that are genuinely endeavoring to try and we're wanting to grow into something, God does not demand perfection in the sense of how we've defined it. Right. Right. I'll, I'll address that Well, real quick here. I know everybody goes to Well, well Jesus said at the end of Matthew will be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. And that's right. Jesus said that. And when you look at the context of that little bit of that chapter, this is what Jesus defined as perfection. He said, your heavenly father sends the rain on the just and the unjust. He causes the sun to shine on the wicked and the good. You're a child of your father, and he's perfect like that. He is not discriminatory of his blessings. Right. So you be perfect like him, and you don't discriminate either. Yeah. You don't determine who gets blessed and who doesn't get blessed. This one deserves it, and this one doesn't deserve it, because God doesn't do that. He just pours out blessings. And the rain falls on the righteous man's crops and the unrighteous man's crops. The sun shines on both households because God is just good. Does that make sense? So that is the perfection that God is talking about. He is not talking about a perfection of performance, a perfection of accuracy, right? Because he he knows and we know I can make a mistake. And so God is much bigger. And you want to hear this? God is much bigger than our honest mistakes.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? But let's even back up this because there's more to talk about. And it looks like this is what we're talking about tonight. And and let's talk about a little bit more with prophecy, right? So it goes on. But he that prophesies, we're still talking the same thing, right? So let me just ask some questions. Does God want you to pursue love? Yes. Yes. Does God want you to desire prophecy? Yes. Yes, Yes, he does. He then ties prophecy and speaking in tongues together with verse 2. Verse 3 says, But he that prophesies speaks, now underline this, speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. So the definition of prophecy, I've told you this, prophecy is a divine utterance in a known language. The purpose of prophecy is edification, exhortation, and comfort. It's not telling people their future. Does that make sense? It's not. Now, again, hear me. There can be prophecy that has some prophetic prediction in it. But actually what that is, and and again, this is a whole other series for a whole other day. The kind of prophecy, when we hear the word prophesy, it's actually the gift of edification, exhortation, and comfort working together with either a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge together Uh that brings about either the divine warning, Mm -hmm. right? Which many times a, a, a word of knowledge is that it's that divine warning, it's that divine heads up. And a word of wisdom is like a divine instruction. Mm-hmm. Just as a real base definition of those two gifts. So a word of knowledge is, is it's a knowledge of something that's coming. Yeah. You need to get ready for X. You need to prepare for this. You need to pay attention to this. That's a word of knowledge. Right. A word of wisdom says, hey, now go do this.
1: Right.
0: Go put your hand to this. Go get this education go do this thing hey read this book it's a does, yeah. you see the difference between the two and and what we call typically in church prophecy is actually this prophetic utterance carrying a spiritual gift of either a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge yeah does, does that make sense right and that's what that is so in those situations yes we need to be as accurate as we know how so when I have many times a word of wisdom for people, I, I tend to operate personally more in a word of wisdom than a word of knowledge. And I'll just share with you what I do, right? As I normally come up to the person, now if it's one of you guys, we know each other. And I'm a little bit more free to say, hey Teresa, I just feel like God would tell you this. But because we, you know I love you and, and you love me and we're working together, I also know that, that you're a very intelligent lady. And so if I say something just right, flat out of left field, <laughs> that's just as squirt, she's sitting here, it's just as nutty as a squirrel turd. You know what I'm saying? It's just as crazy as, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just as crazy and as out there as could be. You would look at me and go, I, I love you, Brad, but I'm not doing that. <laughs> and I hopefully would be humble enough and would be to say, oh, okay, sorry about that. I must have missed that one. Does that make sense? Now, if it's somebody I don't know overly well, right, then normally what I'll do is I'll do something like this. is I'll come up to him and I'll say, I'll pick on Kurt I'll say, Kurt and I, hey, Kurt, hey, listen. Uh, I'm really endeavoring to grow in hearing the voice of God. So I just feel like this is something that, that God would want to share with you. Tell me if I'm right. Yeah and open the the, yeah absolutely absolutely and so you open yourself up to be corrected from the start and I know sometimes and I've had that happen even in these circles and I get it you know so well no don't do that Brad because you're sowing seeds of doubt and you're doing this you just be the UPS guy and you're just your job is just to deliver the message and blah blah blah." yes and no I understand what they're saying and that you don't want to sell yourself into a lack of confidence. Right. But if I don't know Kurt real well, and I don't know where Kurt's coming from, especially if I don't know if where he is with God, if where he is in the things of God or the things of church, you just walk up and go, blah, blah, you can blow somebody up. Yeah, you can so, so what you do is you start, this is not, I'm not doubting my confidence of what I've heard. I'm having good personal relations with another human being that doesn't know who I am As well as maybe a Teresa does. Does that make sense? And so I always come up to somebody I don't know well and say, hey, hey, you know, I know you don't know me, but I'm just trying to grow in this. I just feel like God would tell you something. Uh, I could be wrong. So please let me know if I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, then I'm just trying. And then what that does is everybody kind of goes, oh wow, okay, cool. It takes down the guard. It and does. Well also takes down the pressure, and also it lets them sit there and and, and that's a, on one side it lets them be honest, and it also lets them lie to you. Yeah. you know, this is what I've had both happen. I've had people look at me, and go, yeah, I know, Brad. That's okay, great. When I was trying, I've had people, and I know, and then later they come up to me, hey, you remember the other day and we were <laughs> and you know, <laughs> you, yeah, I know, I told you, yeah, you were right. You know what I mean? So, so I've had some people just boldface look at you and go, yeah, no, you were wrong. I said, okay, either way, either way, I've still done the UPS thing. I've delivered what I felt like God wanted me to do, but I set up the platform horizontally for conversation.
1: Right.
0: And, and I've, and I've taken myself off the proverbial prophet pedestal both to them and to me. You're not being high minded or prideful. Yeah, I'm not being, well, thus saith the Lord and bless God, right? Nor i am taking myself off to sit there and say, yeah, because I can miss it. I don't have to be like, uh huh. So that's another thing that I was really thinking. You know, when we give a prophecy to somebody, when you're like just praying for something, it doesn't matter if they remember you, or that you were the one that said it. No. It doesn't matter if, you know, that part where you're like, I've got to get it right because it's my image and the people are going to think this is me. No. Absolutely. And then hurt. And it's, you know, that's what I was saying it's And it shouldn't be that hard. Yeah. Well, now, and, and so let's, with this, now we're kind of moving. And if you've got more questions, we'll go to talk about this. Because again, we're still talking about, I love it, we're talking about that thin veil of our soul. Right. And being instantly understanding that we we literally, and and I even hate to say flow in and out of, because again, it's like that guitar analogy. We are actually connected to both planes. It's just, it's just bringing, them in, in bringing the spiritual plane to here without effort, without having to feel like I gotta pray it up, praise it up, prime it up, fast it up, or any of yeah. those kind of, does that make sense? Because I'm, I'm already in both planes right now. And I can step in between the thin veil, which is my soul, in between both, both planes. Just like I just like if I was standing on the threshold of the doorway in the sanctuary here to the to the foyer, I could step into the foyer and I could step into the sanctuary and I could go back and forth with ease. That is our ability because we're from both places. We can step right into the spirit realm and step right into the earthly realm just with ease. Just stay yielded flow. Is exa- and how you do that and, and how you seal up your leaky soul is to have this desire and practice of prophecy.
1: Mm, that's so good.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, that's good. That, how do you seal up your leaky soul is you develop a discipline and a habit of practicing prophecy. Now, what do I mean by that? Prophecy is edification. Now edification means build and and these are both. These words here, are they have two sides to them. There's a practical side, and there's an attitude side. Does that make sense? So these three words carry with them a practicality, but but they start with an attitude of heart. So as we walk them out here just real quick, the attitude of heart I'll start with first, and then we'll talk a little bit about the practical side. So edification. Edification is an attitude of, I want to make you better not because i think you're less but like what alicia just said a little while ago i want to help you advance in your walk with god that's edification i want to build you up i want to make you better i want to make you stronger i want to help you take the next step into the things that god has for you right that's edification so then with it practically edification can have instruction does that make sense? Yeah. Right. I mean, Selena edifies my health regime by doing what she does, and she looks over. and She looks a certain way. She don't have to say nothing. She's edifying me, and I know to put. I know to put the donut down. Right. I mean, I just she looked, and I just put the donut down. I was just testing it. That's all. I mean, yeah. and you know, but but there there's so prophecy can have a measure of instruction in it a measure of counsel, a measure of giving insight, that's edification. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right? Exhortation. The attitude of, now this is one that is there because sometimes if we're not careful, exhortation can be translated as preachy. Yeah.
1: Because
0: that's how sometimes people translate exhortation is they, they they translate it as that person, I'm exhorting you. And basically what that means is, is stop it. Right, I mean, you know I mean? And so, uh, <laughs> you know, that's not exhort. So the word exhortation here is an interesting Greek word. It's so, back up. So the Holy Spirit as a person, the noun, in the Greek language, the word used by Jesus over and over again in John 14 uh, and 15 and 16, is he used the word paraclete, not wow. parakeet, but <laughs> yeah. paraclete, right? Yeah. And And the word paraclete, Means the person who comes alongside and helps. And and you've heard me do this with Kurt here in a sermon one time. If you remember, if I wanted to move this table, I would look to my paraclete, Kurt, and he would come alongside me and help me move the table. This is the verb form of that noun. Exhortation is the verb form. It means to come alongside someone and help them.
1: Yeah.
0: So so prophecy has a heart attitude of I want to come alongside you spiritually and I want to help you lift your burden, lift your care, carry what's going on with you. So that's why inside prophecy practically there is a helping side. There is a side of prophecy. And, and if I can be honest, to say one of the biggest things we miss in prophecy that is not doctrinally sound is I'm just going to drop this prophetic load on you and I'm walking away.
1: <laughs>
0: and you're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. Well, that has nothing to do with exhortation. exhortation. Because the prophetic utterance has with it this attitude of if I'm going to give you this word, I'm going to help you steward this word. I'm going to come alongside you as the one that brought you the word. And I'm going to come alongside you and I'm going to help you work out that word. I'm not just going to drop a word in your life and abandon you and say, good luck. Hope you make it.
1: And because it's motivated by love, Very good. then you're going to be accountable for that word. So you can come back to the person and say, did that resonate with you? Did that, yes. you know, was that on? Was that right on? Was that, I just wanna know because I need to grow. And if it wasn't, especially if you're giving details and specifics, yeah. then you have gotta steward that. You've gotta be accountable for that. You gotta go back, you know, because a lot of people that, like Brad says, just blood out, there's your word. And then they walk off, there's zero accountability there. That's not even mature. Right. right. because they're not taking responsibility for whether it was right or wrong. So then they, they're the ones that get into error more quickly because, well, I'm just going to go explode that bomb over there and explode that bomb over there. And it doesn't matter whether I'm right or wrong. I think I'm right.
0: Well, yeah, that has been... Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: because it's motivated by love. You want to make sure that it's, it's doing what it was meant to do in the person. As far as you can, and then be accountable for it. Even go back later and just ask.
0: Yeah. Well, here's. Can I just do one? Y'all probably have heard this before. That's why I'm cautious. And you know, we will have different people in as the church grows and moves forward. But if anybody ever comes in here, we bring somebody in and they're quote unquote prophetic, and they say, Well, you know, I'm just going to come in here and Pastor Brad will clean it up. That's the last time they'll be here. Because they are not actually operating in a spirit of prophecy. Because the spirit of prophecy is one of, I'm going to come alongside this body of people. And if the Lord speaks something, as the prophet, I'm committed to walk with these people and help steward this word that God is bringing through my gift. Because we've all, I mean, I've been in those services, right? And I take notes of those people. I literally do. And I've been in services where they come in and go, well, I'm just here and I'm just going to do this. And it's okay. Pastor Mark will clean it up. And I'm like, you'll, you'll never come to our side. And, there, and there's been times Pastor Mark has said, hey, do you want so-and-so to come? I said, no, I'm good. We're good. Mm-mm. I heard the first message. I'm just fine. Because if they don't have the character and heart of being a paraclete because again if we're prophesying we're speaking with the spirit who is called the one who helps so part of prophecy is I'm going to be of the spirit of the one who helps so if I give a word then I need to be prepared and that what that does for you Alicia too is it helps temper you when you have that hard attitude because you go okay God I'm hearing you Am I ready to help them? Am I ready to bring this word and then help them them live out that word that I brought? Because I also sit there and say, if you happen to give the word to me for Teresa, then apparently, Holy Spirit, you're wanting to connect me and Teresa, or otherwise you would have given this word to Lynette. So if I, I instantly know that if I'm bringing a word to somebody That God is endeavoring to connect me to that person right. So my heart has to be one of I'm going to help them right. And this is something I've learned most Or seen am from actually from a distance From Sean Bowles Out of California Because he teaches that And he said you better be ready To steward the words that you give
1: That's good advice
0: You had better be ready to follow up Hey how'd that go? The other day we were talking I've been praying for you How's that going? Anything I can do? Was that on? Have you seen that happen yet? Yes. And stay with that person. Mm -hmm. And then, and part of that will help keep you humble, because then if you go down the road and it doesn't happen, then you get to go, I'm so sorry. I must have missed that. But I didn't just drop it on you and go, now can I just be, okay, now I'm going to get real medley, okay? Is this all right? (laughs) So this is some practical stuff. This is why a... You do not, do not, do not tell people prophetically they're going to marry folks. No. Unless, (laughs) unless you know that you know that you know, and you come to that person and you say, hey, listen, and this, I mean, I've never had that happen. But in my mind, I've gone scenarios. I've been kind of like, hey, so uh, you kind of interested in so and so. And if they look at me and go, no, he's ugly. Okay, good. Awesome. <laughs> Praise God. All right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Amen. And, but here's the thing. Or if you do step out and you feel like it's there, then you best be the paraclete and you walk with that person. And if it doesn't turn up, you own that and go, hey, I, I'm, I was just so excited for you. I could see something. I just missed it. Please forgive me. Does that make sense?
1: I have an, an example. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I have two younger sisters, and um, this is years ago when they were single, and the my middle sister was married, my younger sister was not, and I know she was wanting to get married at that point. She was ready to get married. All she ever wanted was to be married and have babies, you know, and so. I could tell she was like, okay, I'm I'm trying to date. She's beautiful, you know, trying to date, and it's just not working out. And so I started praying about it, and I prayed for her. And in my quiet time, the Lord told me she'll be married within a year. Well, I didn't go tell her that. I didn't go tell her that. I just kept it to myself because I was like, whoa, that's pretty specific. Let me write that down. So I wrote it down, and I just kept praying for her but I had an assurance in my heart that this was, it was coming. Well, within a year, she met my brother-in-law, and you know, everybody was like, whoa, whoa, okay, well, he's a little older than you, and all this other stuff, and I was in complete peace, and I was able to just encourage her and support her and be that super supportive, all the things, but I don't even know if she knows it. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, God told me this was coming. Because I was praying for you and because I love you. And so now that it's here and you're you're so sure of this and everybody else is like, ah, well, yeah, he's great. Um, we'll see. I was like, no, this is this is right on. This is okay, good. You know, so sometimes the word the Lord gives you stuff so you can be there for that person and love them and be a paracle without necessarily reading their mail all the time. That it, it takes, you it's know, gracious. it takes, yeah, it's just gracious and, no, nope, I'm here, I'm here, and I'm absolutely, I'm support. Whereas I couldn't have been that confident in that if I had not heard for her. Yeah.
0: You know? And that's great. And so some of that, so here's what, the more specific the word gets, the more specific the prophecy, the greater the heart attitude of I'm going to be willing to walk with you. Do you see that? Yeah. If the Lord trusts you enough to give you details yeah. and to help you be spot on in knowing things, then at the same time, I just automatically because of this verse here, then my my heart attitude of then I'm going to walk with this person. What is your, your scripture? Is that it's it's here. So again, so 1 Corinthians fourteen three, but he who prophesies speaks edification exhortation and comfort so again our definition our working definition of prophecy is prophecy is a divine utterance in a known language the purpose of prophecy is to bring edification which means instruction and building somebody up exhortation which does not mean preach at people it means walk with people come alongside people and help them and finally, comfort. And comfort is fairly self-explanatory. It means comfort. The purpose of prophecy is to bring comfort, right? So even so, even if the word is a challenging word, even if the word would be a quote-unquote hard word, we are tempered with comfort. Yeah. Comfort should help temper. Our tone of voice, yeah. right? It should, help, it should help temper our attitude of heart,
1: yeah.
0: right? Because again, if I've got to go tell somebody an uncomfortable word, there should be in me a tempering of, Lord, how do I bring this to them well? How do I look? Does that make sense? How do I bring this to them in a way? That will bring comfort because I'm going to have to look at him and tell him something may be hard or challenging. So I'm not just going to walk up and smack him upside the head. Like
1: when he told me that he felt like my granddad was going to pass away soon. Yeah. Right? That's pretty specific. Um, yeah. That's a hard word to hear, but it was tempered. Yeah. It was like delivered well. It was at the right time. It was thought out. You know,
0: have you all heard that story? So we'll, we'll so we'll tell that story. So we're we're a young married couple. We're living in Tulsa. We live across the street from the ministry. I could walk to and from work. We're getting ready to leave Tulsa and go to Mexico. You had already turned in your notice, right? No. No, we're not. Still you're still walking anyway. So while well, I was walking across the street, of my, and I just heard the Lord tell me, Selena's granddad's going to die soon. And I remember I was crossing, I literally stopped in the middle of the street. I was driving at West Coast, I was in the middle of the street. And, and my first thing was, that's the devil. That's just how demonic is that? Just get behind me, devil. But I, I just knew in, in my heart, no, 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 that was God giving me a word of, of knowledge telling me something was coming.
1: Which was a big deal. For Which
0: me. was a big deal because I know that was her daddy. In her heart, her granddad was like her dad. So then when I finally said, okay, and, and I walked through, I said, so Lord, how do you do this? And I sat on it for a couple of days, just on my own, just meditating, saying, Lord, how do I, how do I share this? Right? Because here's a joke just to lighten the mood, right? Because it's kind of like you heard the Marine Corps joke, right? There's a bunch of platoon of young recruits and one of them, you know, Private Smith's mom dies. So the drill sergeant comes up, calls everybody out for duty that morning and says, Smith, your mom's dead, right? And the, yeah. and the, in the CO, the company commander kind of overhears this and you know, of course this young man breaks down and all this kind of stuff. And then he, CO pulls the sergeant aside and says, hey, listen, these these are young kids. They're just 18, they're first time away. You're gonna have to not be so harsh, right? Well, it just so happens, a few months later, another one of the cadets' moms die. So the sergeant's trying to learn. So he calls everybody forward and has them line up. He says, "Everybody whose mom is still alive, take one step forward. Not you, Jones." <laughs> <laughs> you know, so 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 say so all that to say. So sometimes you're you're praying, you're praying how how. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're praying, how how do you share this? Well, well, well the Lord led me, in, and I was meditating on it, and finally a, a day or two later, think, well, maybe three days later, we were together in the garage, if you remember, and just the words came and said, Hey, um, you ready if your granddad goes home? And she stopped, and, then, and I forgot how the conversation pursued, and you were like, no. I don't want him to go
1: home. Well, we had been learning so much about healing, You know that i was and and not that i knew anything was wrong because i did it he he was very young he was 62. and so i was like no but it planted the seed and i had to start thinking about it yeah and it led
0: to a conversation hey are you ready have you thought about this right and then it was a what a a week a week or so later we get the call that he had a stroke stroke. he was in Mm -hmm. a coma and he was in a coma Mm -hmm. And later we were both like, well, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you let us know what was coming. Right. But did well, you
1: and even then I still hung on to him by prayer because I was like, he can go home without being sick? Seriously? So I started praying for healing for him and all this other stuff. And he was in that stinking coma for a month. And the Lord was like, You're the only one keeping him here. He's trying to come home. Let him go. And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. And then, you know, obviously their grief comes in because I, I had moved away from him. I lived in the States now and he was in Guatemala. So I had not seen him in a while, like yeah. since our wedding. Yeah. So for two years I hadn't seen him. And now I wasn't going to get to, right? But at that point, yeah, I, I released him and within 24 hours he was gone. Okay. Wow.
0: But, does, does that, but the attitude of prophecy is this. It has an attitude of comfort. There's an ad and that and that attitude of comfort is there to help help our hearts and soften hard words. Right. So because again, and I understand that in the Old Testament and again, poor Jeremiah, right? Jeremiah, the weak, you know, that was Jeremiah like, God, I'm sick and tired of being the one to give all these daggum hard words. Right. So I quit. <laughs> And then next verse, man, it's like a fire. Shut up in my mind. I just can't help myself. You know what I mean? And so, but, but you got to remember, right? So remember that pre-Jesus, there was no comforter. So pre-Jesus, Old Testament, the words were harsh. The words were hard because there was no comforter. But now post-Jesus in the resurrection, that's what Jesus said, Right? I'll not leave you orphaned. I will send someone to you just like me who will be a comforter to you. So see, now prophecy, and that's why when I look at stuff and if people come at folk, just like all hells, bells, and fire and brimstone, and we're just going to get you, and it's this, and it's harsh, I start really trying to listen hard because I, I think it just might be bad doctrine and personality. because. yeah. Does that make sense? Because unfortunately, I I wish I could say God picked uh, us that might have a better personality than some of our brothers and sisters, but God just loves all of us the same and he's trying to help us, right? (laughs) But I just uh, how much of this is personality? How much of this is bad doctrine? I'm still, but I start filtering. When it comes really harsh, i start bringing up this word first. (laughs) and the comfort of the spirit and saying, okay, Lord, I want to filter out the person and I want to hear you. Does that make sense? And and hey, the word and the spirit will catch all the stuff that comes from the person. And I'm not mad at the person. I'm not judging the person because as far as I know, they're trying. Hey, at least they're getting up saying something. Hey, at least they're getting up. It's kind of like one of those, you know, uh, the, the great hockey theologian Wayne Gretzky, right? You know, uh, but Wayne Gretzky would say this one time, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Every time you don't take a chance, you definitely missed it. Every time you don't speak, you know, for sure. I probably missed it. But if we get up and we try and we get up and we're pursuing love Right, and did you see how this balances out? I'm pursuing God's love for me because how awesome that God wants to speak through me, man! What an act of love that God would trust me or trust you, and He would give us something to say. And then how how great! Uh, and I, I'll share this story with you. And, and I know we're landing here is um, Pastor Alan Duke, who's now in heaven. Right? Y'all remember Pastor Alan? Him and I were talking uh, uh, several months before he died. Uh, Pastor Allen was talking and, and he had shared a word and him and I were talking over at the Irondale campus and he was saying, man, I mean, I'm so grateful God used me, but why did, I, I'm kind of puzzled as to why God didn't just tell the person directly. Have you ever wondered that? I mean, God, you talk to all of us. So, I mean, okay, cool that you're, you're going to talk through me, but why didn't you just talk to them? And, and him and I got to talking and the Holy Spirit showed us why. Because see, God is a God of multiplication which means he is a God that, that he loves multiplied praise and thanksgiving. So what happens is, is, see, when God speaks to me and I hear, and then I take that step of faith and share, and then it ministers to another person, they're praising God because God spoke to somebody and they came and talked to them, and it brought confirmation or it brought, again, edification, exhortation. It brought comfort. And then I'm all excited because God spoke to me. And I heard the voice of God. So now, instead of God just talking directly to that person and one person is praising him, now God has multiplied praise coming. And now both parties have grown in faith. Now both parties are closer connected to one another because now we have a shared spiritual experience. So everybody improves. Because sometimes the argument is, "Is well, we don't need that now because God can just talk directly too. Well, sure he can, but God loves this connection and multiplication of praise. Again, so here, here's the you know, last story I'll tell you. So when we were at Ramah, we had the privilege of sitting under Brother Keith Moore. Anybody ever heard Brother Keith Moore oh, yeah. preach? So love Brother Keith Moore. Uh, and so Brother Keith was teaching us, and he was talking about some of these things. you remember this? And he said that the Holy Spirit spoke to him one time and showed him one of the students and said, go buy that man a size nine brown shoe. And Brother Keith was like, well, that's just weird. That's just strange. And and he he says, no, again, that's the devil. That's just me, that's just being stupid. And it just wouldn't go away. And and God kept saying, I'm telling you, go get him size nine brown shoe. And so finally kind of Brother Keith goes, okay. And he thinks this is ridiculous, this is dumb. This ain't going to do. So he goes and gets some nice shoes. And he comes into school the next day. And he walks up to the student and says, hey, brother. Hey, I, I don't know. What I do. You're probably going to think I'm ridiculous. But here, these are for you. And the guy opens it up. And he goes, oh, he's a size nine brown shoes. He says, I've been asking God for two months. And I've been learning here from you. Right, and and I needed shoes, but I was doing it as a test, just to prove if God would do it. So I secretly asked God to get me size nine brown shoes. And now all of a sudden, brother Keith is like going, "Brown shoes!" I I heard God, brown shoes, right? So size nine, brown shoe. And now both people are praising God. Both people are excited in their walk with, why? Because edification, exhortation, and comfort is the main purpose of prophecy. It's not predicting the future. So if we have that as our heart attitude, right? Our heart attitude is, Lord, I want to edify people. I want to walk with people in their journey. I want to comfort people. I want, to, I want to have this multiplied experience and connection, right? I'm pursuing love. I'm desiring prophecy. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And that's... Sometimes
1: it's just to get you through what you've got to go through. Absolutely. God started five years before my husband died.
0: Mm-hmm. And he lined
1: the things up and wow. told me what to do and what to tell my kids. Oh, that's awesome. So man, made it so much easier. Then when the time comes, he was only in the bed
0: sick for two days. Wow. Praise God. Now, so let's do, can, and to talk on that note, right, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit that Jesus said, again in John 14, 15, 16, he said the Holy Spirit is here is to show us things to come. Now, I want to be, be real clear on this. It doesn't mean they're coming because they're what He wanted. Sometimes he's just going to show you. This is just what's going to happen. Yeah. It, it gets us. you through it. It gets you. To you. Make that's right. That's right. But not because it's coming means that that was his will. That's what he wanted. That was his plan. That was his design. Or he caused it. It's just he loves us enough that if we'll let him. And so some of this again. This kind of. And again we're still talking about how do we seal our soul. And we seal our soul through the practice of prophecy. Speaking in tongues and sharing these divine utterances, because what I'm doing is I'm I'm connecting my soul with where I'm connected and sealed in my spirit, right? And in that prop, that process and that discipline, like what I, I, I learn how to not be prideful, I learn how to be humble, I learn how to not be moved by my feelings. I learned how to be centered on the Word of God because I'm going to take every word of prophecy and I'm going to make sure, okay, does this line up? Because God will never give me anything that goes outside the boundaries of his written Word. So do you see how this practice of prophecy, and that's why, and and finally it says, and when we pray in the tongue, we edify ourselves, We build ourselves up. That, again, not our spirit. It's our soul. When we we speak in tongues, when we prophesy, we are edifying our soul, right? We're sealing the cracks in our soul. We're edifying and charging up our soul. Because if there's anything that's leaking, it's our soul. And this praying in tongues, this getting disciplined and practiced at sharing what the Lord is showing us, right, right? seals our soul and it's what helps us because again what i noticed about brother hagan again and finally is his moving in and out like we were talking about at the beginning was because he was so grounded in the word and he was so grounded in his relationship with holy spirit and those two groundings right caused it where he could just be he could step in and out flow in and out and that's something i want for all of us to pursue amen That's the purpose of tonight. So, Lord, we thank you. There's so much more, Lord, we know uh, that could be shared and and said. So I just trust you, Holy Spirit, that you're going to keep illuminating this further in each and every one of us. Uh, Lord, show us how we can put it to practice immediately.